This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. Oh, I'm worried. Um, it's not that I'm not worried about this movie. I'm worried. I'm just so here for it. And Willis. I don't know. And I feel like we're going to say, I don't know, like 80 times in this segment. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. So it is a slow news week, folks. We had a lot of excitement the last couple weeks, and we no doubt have a lot of exciting things coming in the coming month or so, but uh, not this week. So we are going to do a little bit of a follow-up on the strike because there is a little bit of news about the WGA as well as SAG-AFTRA, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're then going to try and get to the bottom of what exactly is a subscriber because... It's a metric now, and yeah. so now we have to understand what exactly that means for these streamers and for, for all of us, because we are the subscribers. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then to wrap it all up, we are going to talk. We're going to speculate a little bit and talk about some of our most anticipated films coming out for the remainder of the year, because there yeah. are some absolute just, I mean, I guess I'm speculating here, but some amazing films coming out still slated to come. I think a lot of them you can bet that they're going to be good. It's just a question of like how good. Yeah. A lot of uh, highly acclaimed filmmakers and actors working. And I think this is where the majority of the Oscar stuff is going to be coming. So we are going to talk about that. But first and foremost, let's go over what's coming out this week because, I mean, it's the Taylor Swift era's tour week, everybody. October 13th, the... Uh, I guess filmed version of the Eras Tour is hitting theaters. Um, God, what a world we live in. It's going to be big. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely enormous. And I might stay away from the theaters this weekend just because I don't, like you said, I don't really want to sit in a theater and then also be hearing a sing-along next to yeah. me. <laughs> we'll see what yeah. happens because these are playing in the IMAX and the Dolby. So the big rooms, the loud rooms. Um, yes. So that's coming. I also wanted to mention that Anatomy of a Fall is hitting limited this week. I yes. do not know if this is getting a wide release. So just putting it on your radar. If you have a theater that's around you that plays it, you should probably check it out because this is one of those movies coming this year that is Yeah, been Anatomy of a about. Fall being the. Um, was this the. What did this win? Did this win the Palm Door? This, guy, this was from a. Uh, that's what I, That was my thought, but I want to. Yeah, this one, the Palm Door at, at Cannes. Yeah, this year. So, so this is like heavy yeah. hitter, heavy yeah. hitter. Um, and it looks really, really amazing. So that's what we got for theaters, for streaming, for shows. We have Messi meets America coming to Apple TV Plus on the eleventh. As uh, the, he does. The yep. <laughs> the Fall of the House of Usher, Mike Flanagan's new show coming to Netflix on the twelfth. Which I mean, Mike Flanagan has never missed. So you know this is going to be good. He knows what he's about. Um. The Frasier reboot coming out on Paramount Plus on the 12th. I have read such interesting <sighs> reviews of that. There are people that are like really all about it and people that are like absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, the Frasier Which I guess heads. is a lot of things, but it's like it's Frasier. You know what I mean? How many people are that diehard? Fra- I mean, my brother loves Frasier, so we'll see what happens. Um. I, I was. <laughs> it, it, this is the uh, third series where um, he plays this character. Yeah. Because yeah. cheers. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer, everybody. Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Still doing it. 
we also have Lessons in Chemistry coming to Apple TV Plus on the 13th. Shining- Which is a show or a movie? I thought it was a show, but I might be mistaken now. Oh, no. I guess you're right. Miniseries. Okay. With Brie okay. Larson. Yeah. Okay. So take either or. It can be either or. I watched the trailer and I thought it was a movie. Yeah. Because that's what these miniseries are. They're long, yeah. long movies. But uh, it's eight episodes. It's so weird. Eight episodes? Um, we're not even going there. We'll, we'll yep, do a yep. miniseries <laughs> deep dive at some point. Uh, we have Shining Veil vale coming back for season two on Stars on the 13th. Uh, Goosebumps, which is apparently a new show coming to Hulu on the 13th, which cool. You know, I always you love go. Goosebumps. Um, and Rick and Morty coming back for season seven on Adult Swim on the 15th. The first season without Justin Roiland. So yes. look out for the voices, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. We'll definitely see what happens. Um, so that's what's coming for shows. For movies, we have The Starling Girl hitting Paramount Plus on the 9th, The Mill hitting Hulu on the 9th, Fremont hitting uh, VOD on the 10th, uh, It Lives Inside, which is a horror film that I am was looking forward to and now I'm not so much anymore, hitting VOD <laughs> oh. on the 10th, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 is on VOD on the 10th as well, um, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, which I am bummed I missed in theaters because people are just saying it's a really great, charming movie. Um, yeah. But that's, I've heard a couple people say that like that might make a little bit of noise in the Oscar season, which I'm like, really? Okay. Cool. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah. That's coming to stars on the 11th. Uh, Dolly Land, which is coming to Hulu on the 12th, which didn't know it was coming, but that looks mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, the Burial Hitting Prime on the 13th, and then Expendables 4 hitting VOD on the 13th as well. That might be the fastest that a movie has gone from yeah. theaters to a VOD. So yeah. <laughs> take that with what you will. But um, There you go. Yeah, so that's what's coming this week, guys. And uh, without further ado, let's talk a little bit about the WGA. So last week, we did a whole episode about how the WGA had uh, basically concluded their strike. And you know, the negotiations had ceased. They had reached a deal. We went over some of those talking points. Um, but now, officially, as of... Yes. I, I don't remember exactly which day, but as I think of today... Monday. Yeah, Monday, today, yeah. the 10th. Uh, the deal has been ratified. Penn well, has... yes, Monday the 9th. Monday the, Monday the 9th, it's, sorry. It's Tuesday, Jeff. It is Tuesday, sorry. Spoilers for sorry. our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we normally record on Mondays. Um, what year is it? But yeah... They've ratified their contract. 99% of the voters or uh, the members voted to sign this contract and get it all down on paper, which is phenomenal. Now, I guess last week we had said, like, it's done. It's a done deal. Strike had ended, which was true. Mm -hmm. But now it's really over. Yeah. I mean, writers had gone back to work. Yes. Yes. But now it's all it's all gravy for them, which is cool. Um, yeah. And it also means that everything we talked about last week is actually a precedent now. This is stuff that yes. people can reference, other guilds can reference when they go in to do their contract negotiations, um, which SAG is still very much in the middle of. And as yes. we are recording today, the 10th, they are, I believe, I don't know if they met today necessarily, but they are supposed to meet on Wednesday. Yes, so by, by my understanding, they met on Monday. They yes. reviewed internally on Tuesday and are set to meet again on Wednesday. Yes, and I want to say that on Monday, Iger, Zaslav, Sarandos, and Langley were present. 
at that negotiation. Yeah. That's that's big. That's big. That's big. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I I don't know what this contract is going to look like really at all coming from the yeah. from SAG. I have no idea. I mean, there'll be AI language, there'll be residual language a little bit, but I'm kind of I don't even know really what they were asking for to begin with. Yeah. Besides those things, so I'm curious to see what happens. And I don't yeah, know. Well, and it'll be curious to see if there are things that are sticking points outside of like the couple things that we're keeping an eye on, you know, right? like the AI stuff. Sure. The residual stuff. Sure. But I'm like, are there other things going on that they're like, we're not doing that either. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the body scanning kind of thing and all that is, is, yeah. is there as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like, we haven't really like it hasn't been like all summer we've been like well they met again no so like maybe something coming any day now you know like the fact that they're meeting at all i think is a win it is and the wga just having signed theirs it means that things are in motion and people yeah. are ready to actually talk and get There's back momentum. to the table yeah i did read somewhere i don't know how credible this is i did not look into it that the producers are actually potentially looking to be removed from the AMPTP as their, uh, like mm. their guild or whatever. Interesting. Which is an interesting thought. And I don't, again, I don't know how credible that is. I just saw like a, a, a headline somewhere, but I was like, yeah. Ooh, that is really because they don't want to be like bundled with the studios. Yeah. <laughs> Which I get because producers, you know, love them or hate them, they are integral to a lot of what happens on film sets and the good producers, I mean, you know? Absolutely. So I get that. Like, they're much more on the artistic side than any of the, the studios are. So it's really interesting. Interesting. But we may have another contract to talk about next week, guys. Here's hoping. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Fingers crossed. That would be really phenomenal. Um, Yeah. I don't have a segue here for this. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, to go back to the, the Writers Guild um, yeah. agreement, one of the things mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they talked about that they agreed to was um, their residual structure is based on hours viewed. Um, yes. Which is a metric. Let me bring up the specifics here. Um, well, it was hours viewed and then a percentage of overall or hours viewed by a percentage of overall subscribers. Yeah. Uh, where is it here? Um, residuals. Here we go. Uh, movies that are viewed by 20% or more of the services, domestic subscribers in mm -hmm. the first 90 days of release um, or the first 90 days of any subs subsequent exhibition year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a bonus based of 50% of the fixed domestic. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So if 20% of a subscriber base watch something, there's a bonus involved. Um, yeah. Which means we need numbers around uh, how much, how many people are subscribed. Yeah. Um, and how many people are watching. You know, um, yeah. we need those two variables to see. And we talked about it last week, but it, it, that's something that uh, streamers, streamers particularly, uh, are not very prone to give. 
No, not at all. They keep, they keep those numbers uh, behind lock and key. And for a lot of the big streamers, we don't even really know how many subscribers. Like Netflix is sort of transparent, but it's it's like, oh, Netflix says they have 240 million subscribers. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. It seems plausible, but you know. Yeah, is there's a level to which I feel like you can track down truth to the numbers that they're saying. Yeah. You know, if they said we have, you know, 10 billion subscribers, people would be like, yeah. no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, if they said we have. Like we can't there's no way we could track down if like 500 to the 500,000 for sure uh, streamer. Maybe I don't know. Speculate. Who knows? Yeah. Um, But I mean, now they have to really lease that number to the WGA. Yes. Um, Which begs the question really like in that the streaming growth has been pretty much unregulated over the past decade. Mm -hmm. We also need a a unified definition of subscriber. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of variation on what everyone does. And I'm sure it's something that like – you could dig endlessly into the the details of this. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it won't be like some huge equation that gives us like, you know, to, to a specific number, but it's the equation on the there's board a lot of interstellar. Variables. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's talk about some variables. So, okay. I'm a subscriber to a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and I am, a pretty stable subscriber, I'd say. I I don't change a lot. I've, I've just subscribed to all these things and am, you know, putting my fingers in my ears and going blah, 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 blah yeah. every time uh, they swipe my credit card. Right. But not everybody's like that. I would say a majority of people aren't really like that. Especially now when a lot of them are, I think, across the board or either just going away or they're upping their prices. I think Amazon said that they were going to up theirs. Netflix yep. is notorious for upping their price. Disney Hulu's plus just doing up it. theirs. Yeah. Um, I just saw another one too. I think, Param- I think they're all going up. Yeah. By like a couple um, bucks, which is not yeah. inconsequential. But um, again, fingers in the air, blah, 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 blah. It is what it is. Take it from um, my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Um, Don't tell me. Futurama now on Hulu. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, so that's I think probably the standard that they'd love to just be like, here are how many people are subscribed, but it's more nuanced than that. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that don't just hit go. There are a lot of people that are like, hey, I'm gonna subscribe, I'm gonna do a free trial for this so I can watch Stranger Things and then bail. Yeah. Yeah, which is which I will say is a big problem with a lot of these streamers is they don't have something that's going to keep you there. Like Netflix used yeah. to have that and I think Prime has it a little bit, but you're right. I've done it. It's like make a new email address, do another yep. seven day free trial, all of Ahsoka's out, we're good, I'll watch it all in a day, and then we're gonna cancel yeah. that shit. All I need is the weekend. Pay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so did those count as subscribers? I don't know. Is it like, is it a subscribe? I get, and I don't know. And I feel like we're going to say, I don't know, like yeah. 80 times in this segment because sure. we don't know. This is all pretty much speculative, but like, it's, yeah. 
worth exploring. Um, Is it going to be something where it's like on the 15th of the month? That's the day we pull what your uh, subscriber base is. So like if you have a free trial going at that point, you get counted. If it just lapsed or you just canceled it, you're not counted for that month. Right, 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 right. Um, That's debatable because that changes the metric for uh, how much they have to pay. Yeah. You know, as opposed to if you say, okay, this is a number based on the number of active accounts in the month. So if it is active for a day during the month, it counts. Oh, okay. That's that's a different number than how many are subscribed on the 5th. Right. Or on the 15th. It changes daily. (laughs) It changes daily. So like even, and this is just like, and like, I would love for that to get out so we can see just like a, a spike in once on the 15th and then a drop off so it's like oh yeah right we, yeah uh, oh look when stranger things hi- season five came out hired, hired a bunch of robots to sign up for netflix accounts ramp yeah. up the numbers yeah and then bail a week later right right and if there's language in the contract that talks about this kind of stuff because it's so funny because now it's in the streamer's best interest to not have a lot of subscribers and not have a lot of hours watched because then they have yeah. to pay more so yeah. it's like what it's interesting. I don't know. It's a weird, and there's like, I'm sure there are people at all of these streamers like determining that fine line right now. Oh, yeah. Or at least there should be. Like, if you're not determining that fine line right now, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but it gets even more complicated than that. I mean, like, I think of um, Netflix's crackdown on uh, passwords and whatnot, and yeah. the whole, oh, yeah, $3 to, you know, have another house subscribed. Is that count as another subscriber? Right. Does a subscriber have to be paying full price? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard Disney is going to start doing the password crackdown too. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, like the password crackdown, I think even makes more sense in this light now because it's like, yeah, we have to like crack down our specific numbers, you know? Right. Um, right. Although it weirdly works in reverse where it's like if five people are sharing you know a a, a login right that's five less than for netflix to report to the unions like like everything just got flipped around in such a weird way where it's like it, it almost doesn't benefit the streamers now to do certain things and yeah I heard that Disney might pivot towards video games. There's some things going on right now where I'm like, will these companies? I will say, nah. (laughs) Like sidebar, Netflix video games is a whole thing that's like happening actively. Like I re-downloaded the the thing on my uh, on my iPad the other day, and it was like, do you want to play games? It's like, oh man, there's a whole tab. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I only ever watch on like my computer or my TV. Um, yeah, but I was like, that's a whole thing. That's a whole nother market share going on that we're not even like, yeah, that I'm not even paying attention to. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that's worth noting in this equation is bundles. Yeah. It's a big, you one. know, we, t- we talk so much about how all of these streamers are coming back to like a cable esque bundled kind of situation where it's like, yeah, you pay whatever and yeah and here's the package that you are receiving yeah yeah um and you get here's access to five streamers you know yeah um 
I mean, like you look at Disney specifically, you can bundle uh, ESPN, Disney and Hulu. Yeah. All under one kind of thing. Now, is that one subscriber? Right. Because I'm just paying Disney once and I get access to all three. Right. But like if I'm just there, like if I get that bundle solely for ESPN so yeah. I can watch football and baseball. Yeah. And I'm like not watching Disney Plus at all or I'm not watching Hulu at all. Like am I still getting counted towards that subscriber base? Right. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. an intriguing kind of thing. I mean, like you get into this kind of statistical stuff that's like so complex. And has anyone, I mean, I'm sure someone's considered it, but was like, was this part of the negotiation? And like, what about Prime? Like you can subscribe to things for cheaper from through Prime and yeah. you can do trials through Prime. Like, like, what does that mean? Like if you were well, subscribed and- to Paramount Plus through Prime... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like what the hell or, does I mean, that Prime's, mean? Prime's another interesting example of like, I have Amazon, I have Prime Video because I had an Amazon subscription. Yeah. I didn't have an Amazon subscription to watch movies on Prime. It's just there. I had it to get two-day shipping. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, that's like, is, by that definition, is Amazon's monthly subscription base like massive? Right. Because everyone you know? has Amazon and they just yeah, have like, a is video. It, is it absurd? I'll put it this way. If you have a show that you're looking to put give to a streamer, are you more likely to make more money off of it by going to Paramount Plus or Shutter or one of the smaller ones than mm. Amazon? Because Amazon's subscriber numbers are hugely inflated because a ton of people don't have. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- like, are we going to start seeing a shift in where creators are trying to take their content? Right. Or their their video, their content and videos, I put it back. I know. Their films and their television. <laughs> um, that's a really interesting question. And that's a shift. That is for sure a shift in the uh, in the industry. Oh, and, and like, you, oh my God. And since streamers acquire and purchase things versus like you've got picked up to do this for them like if someone's like a smaller streamer like we'll say because they said max is a quote-unquote smaller streamer like yeah would you just say no to doing that and then just like saying no word we're gonna wait it out and get bought by apple and like what about app like it's just yeah (laughs) it's so complex well i feel like I feel like Paramount's the good example there because Paramount is just kind of like its own small thing. It doesn't have a lot around with it. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like that that small one. Are you like trying to angle to get picked up by Paramount? Right. Because like, you know, for Paramount, you have to get, we'll say for argument's sake, 100 people to watch it in the first 90 days. It's grossly underestimating Paramount. Oh. So, <laughs> but for, like easy, for easy math's sake, you know, with Paramount, you only have to get a hundred people to watch it mm-hmm. to hit that twenty percent. Right. Whereas with Amazon, you got to get nine hundred people to watch it to hit that twenty percent. I'm like, I'm going to Paramount, right? Right. Like, I'm not interested in listening to a bid from uh, Netflix, yeah, from Netflix or from from Prime. I'm like, hey, smaller distribution venues, like, talk to me, right? And then it also begs the question of like, 
do you it's is it a, is it a matter of money or is it a matter of exposure because like yeah. yeah you go to paramount barely anyone's gonna see it but you will make that money you go to netflix you know you have the 250 million people subscriber base there that could potentially watch this and give you a billion hours watched but then it takes so many more people to see that for you to get that payout yeah this is weird man. you have to blow up bigger yeah this is really strange it's a power shift for sure yeah oh my and i mean God. not that there's not other like massive amounts of yeah you know, considerations when if you have a show or something that you're of course you know looking to make a deal on but of course it changes the changes the ball game it does change the ball game and it might change the way that like the the not the quality of stuff but like what kinds of stuff gets made because now people know like okay if i get 20 percent of your subscriber base to watch this we get a payout yeah so i think it is also important like we have to remember that we're talking about just the writers here. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. Like we're <laughs> yeah, complaining no, it too. It's not. like why would anyone ever, you know, like yeah, these aren't the show if you're the writer yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't know how much writers are dictating where uh, where uh, content gets to go, but like it's probably not unheard of. It, it's probably not, and I'm wondering now with SAG, like if any of this stuff is going to be similar. Um, yeah. And and now I'm like I should look up the DGA contract because I never even read it. And see what yeah. they had in there, because I, I kind of just. Swept I mean, I'll them bet they the didn't. Rug. We we would have heard something if they got something like this. So true. They're probably like shit. Uh, <laughs> oh no! That's what happens when you jump the gun. Yeah, God, the landscape has changed, folks. Like, yeah, drastically in a matter of weeks. I mean, it was months, yeah. but it really the contract was like two weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> here we go, signed it. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting thing. And it'll be, I don't know how much information we'll ever get, you know? Yeah. Like we said last week, the aggregate data can be shared um, yeah. publicly. So yeah. like we'll see something. Yeah. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what we can parse from it. For sure. And what they're going to want to share. Cause if it's not favorable, mm, no metric means everything does well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Oh God. Speaking of what could do well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, something's definitely going to go well here. Uh, yeah. So we're about, what, like a little less than 90 days from the end of the year, seems yeah. like. Um, and a lot of movies have yet to release. Yes. A lot of hopefully great movies, a lot of festival darlings are yet to release. Yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about them because we've, you know, it's we had kind of a drought of things to talk about and a lot of stuff just kind of getting pushed or just scrubbed from the slate entirely. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some stuff that we're really excited about that hopefully is still going to come out this year. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird because it feels like we're just like safe again, but the actors are still striking and they're yep. not going to do, uh, they're not going to do press without the actors. So exactly the writers it's like, yes, but the actors are the real reason why promotion yeah. is not happening. Um, yeah. So, do you want to start here with Taylor Swift eras? We have to start here with Taylor Swift eras. Because um, it's coming out this week. <laughs> it's coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, this, we're really good at dates in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's coming out tomorrow um, or possibly tonight. I think tonight, yeah. This is going to be one of the biggest movies of the year. It's insane to say, but it's like, it's... No breaking doubt. records left and right before it's even come out. I think 
it said the other day that it has a hundred million dollars in pre-sales. Yep. Has sold um, 100 million in pre-sale tickets. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, breaks the record from No Way Home, I believe. Yeah. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, you know, that was like a last week. That was like not even like, oh, pre-sales have hit like right before it comes out. I'm like, no, it's it's been up there for a while. So it's going to be even bigger. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know, 100 million puts it at what like if it does that 100 million puts it in 20th place for the year overall just like out of hand before it's even out before it's even out um yeah and like it doesn't have to go much farther to get up to like you know what 15 16 um, yeah 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 and like like all of these other ones that have higher than that, like didn't have a hundred million in pre-sale. So right. <laughs> this movie is going to be nuts. I, I'm not, this is not for me. No, um, no, clearly, but I mean, I do, as we've said before on this podcast, which is weird, but like, I do like Taylor Swift. Same, you I know, think, yeah. Red, red was my album. Sure. Um, but, uh, I just, it, it's going to be insane. Is it going to make a billion dollars is the question. Yes. No doubt. I would be amazed if it doesn't. Yeah. Because here's the thing is like, I also get the vibe off of like all of the noise around her her actual tour. Yeah. Like this is the thing that people will go see three or four times. True. It'll be an experience. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be an experience. And we, we talked like about Barbie, how people like got yes. dressed up and like it was an atmosphere. Yeah. And like that, there's no way that doesn't happen too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I just the the presence that Taylor Swift has in the industry and in society really across the board right now is is undeniable and crazy. insane. She is one of if not the biggest star on the planet, which is so crazy to, to yeah. even like think about. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Taylor Swift not as much as I think a lot of other people, but I I like her music. I've listened to many of her albums before. I might go see this just because like I want to know. I want to know would what be the an experience is. to sit in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like opening night Dolby. Like, what is this going to be like? Are people going to yeah. be singing full, full volume? Cause I think that would actually be really cool. And honestly, Greta Gerwig set this up, man. She, <laughs> if Barbie didn't crush, if people didn't have that kind of experience of going to the theater, like you said, and making it like, this is what people used to do. This is how fun it could be. I don't know that this movie would have legs at all. I mean, it would because it's Taylor Swift, but now it's like we're going to see it. It has extra legs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now it's going to be fun. Like it's going to be something special. So, Um, um, yeah. Yeah. This is going to be, this is going to be big. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What was it? If it takes the fourth spot, I think. Um, And if Oppenheimer does. Okay, I'll put it this way. If it makes more than uh, $350 million in its entire box office run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, come on. And if Oppenheimer can push just a little bit more, um, the top four movies uh, of this year will all be uh, not originals or not comic books, which is like the first time it's happened since like 2000. What did we say? 10? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah, Crazy. yeah. It just over 10 years, like... I want to say it was like 2002, honestly. 
it, it could be because you have pirates, like lots of franchise stuff, Transformers, yeah. Harry Potter, I mean, Star Wars, you know. Like last year was Top Gun Maverick. Yep. You know. Uh, All I'm the Marvel stuff. back here now. DC, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, 2020 was Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> oh my God. Well, 2020. <laughs> but yeah, Endgame, Black Panther. It's crazy. It's It's a weird, crazy thing to look at. Um, it really is. It really is. And we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll know this weekend what, what kind yeah. of legs this thing really has. We'll be talking about it next week. We definitely will be. We'll do a box office. Uh, we'll do a box office. I'm, uh, I'm firmly anticipating a push uh, notification on Sunday night that makes me go, holy shit. Taylor Swift makes $500 million. <laughs> it's not out of the question is the thing. Well, what's the highest opening weekend? Of all time. It's gotta be Endgame. There's no it's Endgame, either Endgame right? or The Force Awakens. Yes. Endgame opening weekend of three hundred and fifty million dollars. Overall or domestic? Uh that is domestic. Jesus. Uh, let me double check. Wait. Yes. Wow. Domestic. Wow. It, it's yeah. yeah, it'll make that, no doubt. I mean yeah. I mean it'll do that. I don't know if it's doing that in its first weekend. Yeah, true, true. But it only has to hit 260 to be number two. Yeah. Which that I, that's not out of the realm. It's possible. And I also want to say, because I don't know that we said this, but Taylor Swift didn't partner with a studio for this. Like they, her and her management yeah. went to the theaters, which is just like a stroke of genius. Like she is really one of those yeah. entrepreneurs that knows what the fuck she's doing like yeah this is yeah. it's and of course the That's theaters wild. are like yes yeah yeah <laughs> totally of course <laughs> we're not gonna say no to that like <laughs> something where we don't have to shell out two-thirds of the profit to yeah hollywood exactly so so that's eras dropping tomorrow or tonight i would like I, one more stat i want to put yeah. so i said it only has to be 260 million to be number two yeah and that was spider-man no way home which is it has already beat in pre-sales so there you go there you go. My God. Finally, who would have thought that the the movie that would unseat mo- the Marvel stuff is freaking Taylor Swift? That's amazing. <laughs> you love to see it. Well, to move on. Yeah, what next, else? Next week is Killers of the Flower Moon, guys. I mean, I don't know what to say, but I'm fucking so ready for this three and a half hour long Martin Scorsese yeah. movie. I don't care. I already have tickets for opening night and then I have tickets for Saturday at the Reading IMAX. Like I'm <laughs> so ready for this movie. Like I haven't seen a Scorsese movie in theaters since Wolf of Wall Street. Like mm-hmm. let's go. Like let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. Best picture contender, no doubt. Absolutely. You know, best director. Best director, I think, best adapted I screenplay. Think Lily Gladstone is going to be the entire conversation 100%. when we get to the uh, the Oscars. Like, yeah, it's just the, the vibe coming off of this whole thing is just like this is going to be Lily Gladstone's movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you have Robert De Niro and and Leonardo DiCaprio and Jesse Plemons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's going to be Lily Gladstone's show all the way. Yeah, um, and yeah. I'm so fucking excited for it. Yeah. And Marty being like, eh, I've only got a couple more. He's just pulling out the stops and doing exactly what he wants. And, um, you know, bless Apple for giving him however much it took to make this movie. But yeah. um, and for letting him put it into a theater like that's just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what else to say about Killers of the Flower Moon, but I'm so ready. 
it's it's been a long time coming. Wasn't this supposed to originally come out in 2021? Probably. We've been hearing about this since like 2019, I feel like. Yeah. Well, this is his next film after Irishman. Uh, Irishman. Yeah. You know, which was like not recent. <laughs> no, it was like 2018 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um Yeah, there's 2019. Gotcha. Yeah. And that um, was a Netflix only no theatrical run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um But it's like, I mean, it's here we go. <laughs> I'm 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 ready. <laughs> I'm ready as well. Um have you heard of Evil Does Not Exist? No. It is a new movie from Ryosuke Hamaguchi, the director of Drive, Drive My Car, that premiered, I believe, at TIFF this year. Oh. That just came across my radar, and I'm extremely excited for it. It sounds like a horror movie. I really don't think it is. I think it's like... Yeah. I think it's a very palatable, kind of slow burn, <laughs> like his last one. Um I loved Drive My Car. I think both of us were kind of like, yeah. what the hell? This movie is amazing. Um, very strange, very like very Japanese, like in its pacing and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I I didn't really know this movie was coming and I, I really want to see it. I don't know what else to say. I really want to yeah. see it. And it seems just premiered last this previously get week. Bleh. Just premiered this last week at the uh, the New York Film Festival. Yeah, that's what it was. New York Film Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go. I'm down. It might be. It might be a best. Uh, like the foreign in foreign picture. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it, so I don't know if it's great or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, he like he has established himself as a powerhouse director. So yeah. like, I think anything that he's gonna put out is gonna be a conversation and for at least a little while for sure um yeah but no i wasn't aware of this does it have a, a specific release date it does do you know yet i don't think it does but it it does say 2023 i didn't look more yeah. than that but um uh, okay but yeah i mean drive my car was nominated for best picture so yeah. that's Full who stop. knows yeah who knows what's gonna happen um well since man it's so weird when these ones just like pop out of nowhere dude yeah um yeah i mean i'll put the boy and the heron in the same kind of yeah. category of that i didn't really know that was coming until a, a few weeks ago and yet here is a new miyazaki movie yeah <laughs> like, just like popping okay. up here um, we go this is releasing uh december early december mm-hmm. um and I, like, I mean, it's a Miyazaki movie. It's weird because, like, I know he's not, but, like, in my brain, I was just kind of like, Miyazaki doesn't make movies anymore. Well, because he said he didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. I think. Like, like, what was the last? The Wind Rises, I think, was his last. Does that, that sound familiar? That sounds right, but I, I, I... 2013? Yeah, so about 10 years. Yeah. I guess he made something... He made a short in 2018. Okay. Um. But like, it's so bizarre just how impactful his movies are. Yeah. Just like in general conversation, you know, yes. I mean, you talk about Totoro and you talk about, you know, Spirited Away and Princess Minoki and like, did I pronounce that right? Minoki. Uh, Mononoke. Mononoke. Okay. 
I read it fast and I was like, eh. yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I can't we're, be talking all this. We're stuff. American, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People give us a lot of leeway. <laughs> um, and Ponyo and like all these different ones. And yeah. here, here it comes, you know, and like, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm almost embarrassed because I'm like, this is something that should have been on my radar. Yeah. But like this year has been so weird. And with like the slow rollout of a lot of these things, it's like, unless you know to look for it like how would you possibly know because i think a lot of these two were undated like they weren't saying it's coming 2023 because we don't know if it's coming 2023 um but yeah i mean the boy and the heron i it's easily one of my most anticipated for the rest of the year um miyazaki can do no wrong and i've heard now that this was supposed to be his final and that he scrapped that and he's like nah (laughs) i'm going back to the drawing board after this (laughs) i yeah i mean it's it's when like i feel like when you operate on that level it's like you just like i'll say that for scorsese too like you just it's what you do yeah it's how your brain is wired you can't stop it why try why try oh Um, my god (laughs) another filmmaker that is coming I, I i guess not coming back to the states but making another movie after a considerable hiatus is john woo making a film with joel kinnaman <laughs> titled yeah. silent night that has no dialogue in it <laughs> and uh about a here's the log line an ordinary father heads into the criminal underworld to avenge his young son's death and i believe it takes place on christmas done pre-sale tickets let's go i'm there yeah. opening night uh, John yeah. Wu, one of the most acclaimed and best action filmmakers ever to do it. Uh, yeah, let's go. I think the last American film he made was maybe Mission Impossible. That sounds too. Yeah. Um, but I think so. That sounds sounds right. Yeah. Um, um, wind talkers. Wind talkers. You wind, talkers. wind talkers. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god, and paycheck. Oh, Paycheck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about that We're one. We're not going to talk about Paycheck, but Wind Talkers for sure. <laughs> um, oh, man. This makes me want to go back through John Woo movies. Dude, his his stuff is like so him. Like there's no yeah. one else who could do it. It's just like, yeah. I, I I don't know what to say about this movie other than sign me the fuck up. Like, so let's go. let me ask you this. What do you think is up with the... Um, the holiday movie like like i feel like there's a handful of these floating around right now there's a handful of them floating around last year of just like here's like a movie that we want to make but we're gonna set it around a holiday like this is silent night is a christmas movie yeah you know violent um, night was a christmas movie (laughs) violent night it was a christmas movie um Like, what do you, where do you think that's coming from? I have, you think it's just a shtick that can sell? I feel like, yes. I feel like they're like, if we can just, the story writes itself, just set it on Christmas and we'll figure something out. Like, but like, why does John Woo need to do that? John Woo doesn't need shtick to sell something. He's John fucking Woo. No, he was like, the guy's not going to speak. So he's going to be silent. That's true. Silent night. It's going to be on Christmas because who gives a shit? Silent night. I wonder if that was a concession. Like, we'll make it a Christmas movie as long as he doesn't have to say anything. Right, right. Uh. I, I, do, I genuinely don't know because I, I I mean, like, hey, man, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. I was talking about it with someone today. 
Well, and what's what's the other one that's coming? The uh, Justin Long movie there. Oh, uh, um, it's, it's a wonderful knife. That's a run of wonderful knife, which is like the same kind of thing of like, here's a horror slasher film that's based around a holiday around Christmas. I, yeah, I don't um, know. I, I it's such a weird, weird little subgenre that's popping up. It is. It's weird. It doesn't make any sense to me, but like, as long as the movie's good, okay. I don't have faith in the others, but Violent Night or Silent Night could be good. <laughs> so my, the Silent Night thing, I'm like super into it. The only thing I'm worried about is there's a couple moments that I was like in the trailer and I'm like asterisks here because it's John fucking Wu and I trust yeah. John Wu. But like, there were a couple things where it's like, it seems a little like, when you're in film school and you have to make a film, but like you, you haven't reached the level where you're doing it with sound yet. So you have your actor just kind of like nod their head or like hold up the phone and point at it and be like, you know, like do a little yeah, head yeah, shake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where you're just like, okay, like trying to build this language without having language. Right. And I'm a little worried that it's going to be like that between oh, yeah. all of the insanely amazing action sequences. Um, because there's a couple moments where John Kinnaman literally kind of does that. He like kind of yeah, goes, goes like, what? what? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm going to watch it either way, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Oh, I'm worried. Um, it's not that I'm not worried about this movie. I'm worried. I'm just so here for it. Like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, theatrical watch for this for you? Oh, for sure. No doubt. No nice. doubt. Why not? You know? Nice. <laughs> It's almost like they the studios got tired of the diehard argument about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. And we yeah. just have to make it unabashedly a Christmas They're movie. They're like, okay, we're gonna put Christmas in the title. Now what do you have to say about it? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. God, where do you go from Silent Night? I mean, there's a lot of big ones coming, like Ferrari's coming, Napoleon's coming. Yeah. Um I mean, we kind of went through all of that with our um we did a megapixels, right? It was most anticipated. Most anticipated, yeah. But some of these yeah. we didn't really know were coming necessarily. Um, yeah. Um, do we want to talk about dream scenario real quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. With Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, Nick Cage is a schlubby professor who appears in everyone's dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for this. I don't know much about um, Christopher Borgley. Yeah. The, uh, the director of that. Mm-hmm. He seems to be uh, well-liked, but it's yeah. like, it's, I don't know what it was about this, but this gave me like early 2000s vibes. This feels like it should be a Michelle Gondry movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Like a little totally. bit of like Eternal Sunshine. I don't know. I just keep thinking of The Weatherman too with Nick Cage, um, <laughs> which I don't yeah. know why I'm making that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is also produced by Ari Aster, who's really thrown his his hat in the surrealist ring recently. So, you know, it's there's something there. Um, I don't know. I'm always down for whatever Nick Cage has going on. And this seems like he's like, I feel like we're not seeing it specifically, but we're kind of in like a Nick Cage essence. Dude, yeah. You know, um, where it's like the really good stuff that he's doing is sticking and the other stuff is just like kind of fading back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, 
but you look at like pig and unbearable weight from last year, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I'm not, I don't think of Reinfeld, Renfeld, Renfield. Sure. Um, but he was in that and he was good. Yeah. But he played Dracula in that, you know? And, um, I mean, there's like the sympathy of the devil movie coming. There's the retirement plan movie coming. Like he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he's, I feel like he's running the gamut more between like big studio and like super indie. Right. Um, or more to the point, <laughs> running the gamut between really, really trying, like really throwing down on the performance <laughs> yeah. and kind of just doing his thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm here. Oh, man, there's it. totally a John Woo, Nick Cage transition that we just glazed over. Oh, God. Damn. How did we miss the face off thing? Know. I don't know. It is what it I is. I also love that I'm looking at Nick Cage's filmography here and the fourth thing, <laughs> most recent thing is Flash. Oh, God. Was he even on set for that? I don't even care. I don't want to know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to throw something at you that you might not have heard of. Have you heard of The Kitchen? Have I? No. It's a movie directed um, by Daniel Kaluuya. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Logline, in a dystopian London, the gap between rich and poor has been stretched to its limits. All forms of social housing have been eradicated and the and only the kitchen remains, a community that refuses to move out of the place they call home. Uh, yeah. Let's let's go, dude. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Um, it looks awesome. I don't know if Daniel Kaluuya is a good director. Oh, it's also Keyboy Tavers as well, who I don't think yeah. uh, has done. Oh, done a couple of things. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Daniel Kaluuya has basically flawless taste in movies. So I I can only assume that this movie is going to be at least interesting. Um, and it's weird because I feel like that's one of those ones that has the danger of just disappearing into the Netflix. Machine. I know. I know. Um, Because there's nobody, I mean, nobody knows. I only found it because I was looking at 2023 lists. I'm like, oh, what the hell is The Kitchen? Um, Okay. Okay. I also want to talk about uh, Leave the World Behind, the new Sam Mm -hmm. Esmail film starring Ethan Hawke, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, and Mahershala Ali. Uh, What a fucking cast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's going to be, yeah. I mean, I just, it looks like it's, um, well, I'll read the logline. A family vacation on Long Island is interrupted by two strangers bearing news of a mysterious blackout. As the threat grows more imminent, both families must decide how best to survive the potential crisis, all while grappling with their own place in this collapsing world. Another kind of dystopian, not dystopian, but like apocalyptic kind of a film. It is Um, Sam Esmail, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, until this moment, I hadn't (laughs) connected the trailer with the poster, yeah, yeah. You know, because I just been watching the poster on uh, yeah on Letterbox. This I'm I'm intrigued by this. I, I think this is going to be good. I don't know how I feel about Julia Roberts in it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, she seems kind of uh, clear cut compared to the others. Sure. Yeah. Um. I don't know how much she can have a gritty side. She's like America's sweetheart. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Um. But. I mean, like Sam Ismail. Did you watch Mr. Robot? I've seen bits and pieces. I didn't watch the whole thing through. It is, it is really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and this is like one of his first features, right? It might be his first. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm I like, think so. Mm. He's a, a frequent guest on both the Watch and the Big Picture, so I've heard him talk a lot about his influences, and he seems like a really funny, awesome person. And uh, 
and yeah, I'm just like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. It's weird. It's unique. It's original. Feed it to me. Uh, now. I put that in another, another lane of um, could or could not be part of the Oscar conversation. Totally. Totally. And um, I think this is releasing in December. So yeah. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Um, I want to talk about the hit about Hitman. Fuck. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with the killer. No, um, but Hitman starring Glenn Powell, yeah, directed baby. by Richard Linklater. Yeah, baby. Like I'd seen this poster and I'd seen things about Glenn Powell, but I'd never seen that it was Richard Linklater. And I'm yeah. like, that changes this conversation for me. And it is highly acclaimed out of all the festivals. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. yeah. It's weird because I'm like, it, it. a hitman doesn't seem like a thing that Richard Linklater would like pursue. Right. Per se, you know, um, compared to his other, I, I think of a scanner darkly is the only one I can think of. That's like kind of. Yeah. G- gritty, I guess is what I'm looking for. Um, yeah. But, but that's like exciting. I didn't, I'm extremely I, excited for hitman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I love that Glenn Powell is getting like a, a legit career. Um, he's becoming kind of a star <laughs> and kind of dependable too. Yeah. He's really um, good. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how twisters does, but sure. Sure. Um, oh, and apparently he was in, Oh yeah. He was in Apollo 10 and a half. So there's a connection for you. Oh, Glenn was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, I want to get a couple more here. Yeah, I want to bring up American Fiction only because this is one that people are saying like immediately is going into the best picture category coming out of festivals. Uh, I yeah. know nothing about it. I know that Jeffrey Wright is in it. Um, Cord Jefferson is the filmmaker who has one film and it is American Fiction. Um, yeah. I... Uh, well, the logline is Thelonious Monk Ellison's writing career has stalled because his work isn't deemed black enough. Monk, a writer and English professor, writes a satirical novel under a pseudonym aiming to expose the publishing world's hypocrisies. The book's immediate success forces him to get deeper enmeshed in his assumed identity and challenges his closely held worldviews. I love Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> yeah, and this seems like... Uh- a role for him to go full force for it, which I yeah. feel like we haven't seen full force Jeffrey Wright in a little while. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it's, it's there. He's got it. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's hard to go full force when you're in a Wes Anderson movie. You can't really do that. <laughs> True. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, the hunger games or true. Uh, a James Bond movie. Yeah. I guess he got a little to play a little bit in the Batman. Um, yeah. He cooked also, a bit. Yeah. Little but bit. also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's weird though. It's like I scroll back and I can't really place where I have that like full force powerhouse behind him. I like have where to I'm look at his, that from. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just know that he has it. But in it's him. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just really good. He's really good in uh, Westworld too. Oh yes, yes, that is true. Um, you want to get one or two more in here? Yeah, I want to talk about Priscilla. Let's do it. Um, Priscilla, the Sofia Coppola movie yeah. coming out um, about Priscilla Presley. Yeah. Um, second Elvis movie in two years. Yeah. Um, and 
could it be from a more polar opposite director than Baz Luhrmann? Like crazy. Um, I'm so fascinated to see what this is. I'm fascinated to hear that like she couldn't finance it. Yeah. She was like auctioning off dinners with people. I think she said to like get funding for um, additional scenes and things yeah. like that. And I'm just like, what a strange thing that Sofia Coppola can't finance a movie. Right. Right. Yeah. It's going to be weird. I'm really intrigued to see uh, Jacob Elordi's Elvis. Yeah. Um, From the trailer, I'm like, I feel like it could be as good, if not maybe a little bit better than um, Austin Butler. Austin Butler's. Um, thank you for supplying that. I had Aaron Paul in my head for some not reason. Aaron Paul. Like, That's not it. Ooh, Aaron Paul is um, Elvis. That's Elvis. <laughs> nope. Shaking my head vigorously. Um, uh, yeah. But like I, I love Sofia Coppola as a director. She's um, fucking amazing. She's so good. And like there are, she, I feel like she has her stronger and her, her weaker, but like yeah. her weakers are not that weak they're not bad at all yeah and i don't know i feel like it's a great voice just to have in the industry um yeah it's been a minute what was the last thing she did well Um, she did on the rocks for apple oh i never um, saw on the rocks which was it's bill murray and rashida jones which i watched that and it's really really good yeah it's very quiet and very understated um oh okay you know but it's like it's one of those ones that you get to the end and you're like that was fucking good yeah um sneaks up on you yeah yeah like a lot of really in-depth relationship examinations yep. you know um but it's worth a watch if you want to i'm sure you it is. go for it i think i saw yeah. my apple subscription yeah I'll, I'll fire that up i i yeah sophia is um she isn't spoken about that much but her work speaks for itself and it I just, you know, Lost in Translation, I pushed through a lot of our bracket because I'm just like, I mm-hmm. love, we both love that movie so much. Because it's, it's Lost just, in Translation. Yeah. I mean, like, what can you say about it? But um, yeah, I mean, come on now, Sofia Coppola. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like Priscilla, I am hyped for. Um, Hell yeah. I hope that's around the Oscar con- conversation too. There's no way it's, I feel like there's no way it's not. I think it is going to be in a couple categories, if not the major, major ones. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any more you want to touch on? I, the only other one I want to talk, I want to get your feeling on is the Iron Claw, Mm. which is the new movie starring Zac Efron, Harris Dickinson, Jeremy, as the Von Eric brothers, um, and their tragic story. I don't know anything about this or wrestling or anything about this, but, um, I remember seeing the stills of Efron in his crazy wig mm-hmm. and being like, what is this? And, and it, super jacked. Super jacked. And, you know, we're big Ef- Efron fans. We both think that he hasn't had a great career. Um, he just yeah. hasn't. And maybe this is the one. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird thing. And I hate to say this, but like. I almost knocked this down a little bit because Zac Efron's in it. Right? You know, it's that's not fair. It's like, I just, I, I'll i leave it at, like, his choice in movies makes me a little bit wary of this. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. I don't know. I didn't even know this was coming uh, so soon. But yeah, yeah I forgot December, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, which 
not knowing anything about it, who knows? That might be a good thing or a bad thing that they haven't yeah. said anything. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen a trailer yet. I guess I'm not. I don't know. Or anything. It seems like there'd be more information out about it at this point. For sure. I mean, you also have Jeremy Allen White, who's like having a banner a couple who's of years. Huge. So it's like, yeah. wow, I can't believe. And Harris Dickens was just in Triangle of Sadness. So I'm like, we're, we, you know, there's some people that are in yeah. the front of our minds right it's now. It's not nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Well, that is like a mere fraction of what's coming. That's uh, true. You know, there's a bunch of the, you you listed off a ton of the the heavy yeah. hitters up front, but also I mean, Maestro, color purple still coming. Yeah, Maestro, poor yeah. things, Saltburn, which we've talked about, May December, Ferrari. um, the bike riders. Yep, the bike riders. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's going to be a crazy. Yeah, Origin, the Ava DuVernay movie, the Zone of Interest. Yep. Um, so yeah. A lot to look forward poor to. Poor things still coming. Yeah, I'm so excited for Poor Things. I keep hearing nothing but good stuff about Poor Things. Dude, they're like, Yorgos is going to win Best Director, hands down. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, for this like, movie? <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone, everything I've seen from someone who's seen this movie is like 100% just the best. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to come close. And I'm like, that's a that's insane cr- statement when we're talking about... <laughs> the field that we're talking about exactly and for for a yorgos lanthimos movie like <laughs> yeah very interesting um but yeah until this stuff releases it's all speculation and we're just really excited to see it all come come out and and talk about it with you guys <laughs> like i am up. gearing up to get myself to the theater more often okay because this is my big promise to myself last year mm-hmm. or i guess this year when I was watching all of the Oscar films was be like, all right, next year I'm coming into this having seen more of these. Yeah. 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 Um, so I have my, my potential, my Oscar potential list, my Oscar, like what I think is going to be the, the Oscar players. Right. Um, and at the moment I've watched five of the 31 that are on this list. So, <laughs> But how many of those um, have not come out yet? True. 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 Well, let me pose this question to you as a parting note. Will you see what, are you what do you what do you think you're going to actually see in a theater like killers of the flower moon ferrari killers, the killer napoleon napoleon um priscilla maybe priscilla maybe um oppenheimer <laughs> If you can still find it. <laughs> if I can still find it. It's still there. I looked this morning. Yeah. Uh, it's still there. Still trucking um, along. One day I'm going to yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Killers, Napoleon, Ferrari, and Maestro yeah. um, are the big ones I have that I'm like, I got to see that in yeah. the theater. Um, are we still getting One Love? Is that still coming this year? No, that's been pushed. I think that's been pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But that looks really good too. That, like that's one that I'm like I, I'd probably want to hit that in a theater. I it think. looks really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it it like fucking Kensley Ben Adir, Kingsley Ben Adir uh, again as another uh, play, yeah. in, in another biopic, <laughs> going from like evil scroll on Secret Invasion to Kendall to fucking Bob Marley. Bob Marley, and before that he was like. Who did, wasn't he Malcolm X in something recently? And like, uh, 
Uh, oh, yeah. One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He played uh, Malcolm X. Yeah. The guy's great. He just, some yeah. of his projects are bad. But anyway. You know, that, uh, that One Night in Miami's got to go on my. Oh, you never one, saw it. My ones I missed. Yeah. I think One Night in Miami was directed by Regina King. It was, yeah. And it was, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Very interesting movie. Gotta, gotta get that one going. Yeah. Although I'm a little annoyed because that puts my list at 101. Oh, God. <laughs> Just bang one of those out in the next couple of days? Well, no, I mean, it's 100. I'm, I'm not deleting them as I go. Oh, okay. Oh, um, so Which I just suppose gonna... I could. Because, yeah, I'm like, it's going to endlessly just. Yeah, just pile up and <laughs> I get you. I get you. All right. Well, that was a all over the place episode today, guys. But yeah, that's what we had for you. You know, we yeah. had a little bit of this, a little bit of that, some movie talk, and uh, hopefully next week we'll have some more stuff to talk about in in term in regard to the the more actors, news. Yeah. yeah, and some more news, and yeah, hopefully it picks back up. Yes, um, we didn't really talk about a recommendation. Oh shit, we didn't. I didn't I, even think about it until this moment. So I texted you like days ago, being like, "Well, we could do one just off of one of the people that are having a, that have a movie coming out." in the next three months which should make it like easier <laughs> yeah um, um considering we just went through like a bunch well and it's like scorsese ridley scott <laughs> like michael mann yeah. like you could pick any of them you know um yeah um i do have one well why don't you go and i will scramble wildly okay um so I chose a Linklater film, and I chose one that I ah. haven't seen in a long time, and I'm choosing School of Rock. Uh, yes. Because I love this movie. I haven't seen it in probably like eight or nine years, um, but I remember this was like one of the DVDs my aunt and uncle used to have that I was just like, we're putting on School of Rock, like, let's go. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect merging of like for kids and for adults. Um, you know, obviously starring Jack mm -hmm. Black, pretending to be a, a, a substitute band teacher, which is just, yeah. let's go. Like, that's just, that premise is just awesome alone. And then the movie itself is also really good and compelling. Um, you have really awesome performance sequences. You get some really good talent from the kids out of this too. Like, the kids who shred on instruments, like, for yeah. real, which is really, really cool. Um it's obviously funny. It has a lot of heart. It's a link later movie. They only have soul to them. You know, that's his whole jam. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it pulls at your heartstrings, but it's also a really entertaining time. Uh, Joan Cusack, Randa Cosgrove. It's kind of like a weird mixture of actors in this, but it's super of its time. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you haven't seen school of rock, watch it. It's an easy, easy watch. Uh, it's on it's, YouTube and it's for so, free. It's, <laughs> It's so like genuinely good too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's weird because I feel like you almost want to give it like a grain of salt because it's like Jack Black being Jack Black and like teaching rock and roll to right. a bunch of kids. But it's actually so genuinely like good and endearing and like Jack Black is great in it. So um, good. Joan Cusack's great in it. Yeah. Um, And I think it's like one of those things. It's like a song like the the school of rock songs. Yeah. Like all of us know. Yes. You know? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I I actually got to fire this up at some point soon because it's been a long time and it's just like it was on repeat yeah. constantly when I was a kid. So uh, 
yeah, School of Rock is my recommendation. Nice. You can find it just about anywhere. <laughs> Look in the nice. dollar bin at Target. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's weird. I feel like that's one of those things that kind of makes it feel like it deserves less credit too. Right. Because it's so everywhere, but it is. It's so good. It's a good movie. And I honestly <laughs> had forgotten that it was Richard Linklater. That's so funny. Right? I was looking through his filmography. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is yeah. even better than I thought he was. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm going to go kind of do a movie that I already kind of talked about here, but I'm going to recommend On the Rocks by Sofia Coppola. Nice. Nice. Um, this is it's from 2020 and it kind of just like came out like I didn't hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it was just after like I don't want to say just after COVID, but like, you know, it was post lockdown and things like that. And it was kind of just a quiet little movie. Um, yeah. But it's really well done. Um, Bill Murray is weirdly hateable, but lovable. Sure. On it. I mean, I like that. he. So the the premise is Rashida Jones is on the rocks. I didn't even mean to do that, but like her marriage is, is having problems. Um, her, she's married to Marlon Wayans, um, mm. who is traveling all the time and she thinks he might be having an affair. Mm. Um, and in that she thinks he's having an affair. She turns to her father who actively had a lot of affairs when she was growing up mm. and it becomes this kind of like, thing of her trying to deal with being on the other side of that and understand like the mindset of a man who's having an affair. Oh, um, and it's like a really interesting back and forth. And it's like Rashida Jones is really good in it. Like really good in it. I feel like she doesn't get a lot of credit for being like a really talented actress. Yeah. She um, is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think of like the office and parks and rec and it's like, yeah, but she is she is pretty good. She's got talent there. Yeah. Um, and Bill Murray is fucking Bill not Murray. very Bill Murray. Oh, it's quite like it is there, but it's like it's him in a dramatic role that he's taking seriously. Oh, I love Sophia it. Coppola. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, worth a watch. You know, it's like 96 minutes. Um, yeah, it is slow. It's quiet. Um, it's OK. But yeah, it's good. Um, Jenny Slate's in it. Nice. <laughs> I love Jenny Slate. Uh, I love that you were describing the plot and I was like, oh yeah, this is a Sofia Coppola movie. For yeah. Sure. It, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's worth it. That's an interesting double feature. Yeah. D very different, but like v they're very genuine movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious if they'd pair. Yeah, That's I don't weird. know if they would. I mean, I haven't seen one. Of them, <laughs> uh, all all right. right. There we go. There we um, go. Josh, wanna, you want to bring us home? Tell us where people can find you on the internet? I do, yes. People can find me on the internet on Instagram and on Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? Find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us in those same places at pixel splitters uh and if you yeah see i we took out the twitter <laughs> and for whatever the the cadence on the twitter thing i can't get for yeah. the end there it's weird um yeah. if you want to find the podcast you can find us on instagram and letterbox at pixel splitters where you can find all of our recommendations including school of rock and on the rocks oh there's oh school of on the rocks there you um, go it wasn't even intentional that's crazy uh yeah, yeah. there you go there you go that's all we got. I think we 
I think we talked a lot just then, so I feel like we should just kind of uh, end of pod.